Welcome to another episode of Coffee with Mirko. I'm very happy for you to be here. I hope you're safe and thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for joining us uh, in this journey of mine. I really appreciate each and one of you guys to tune in, listen to me talking to amazing coffee professionals. And uh, right now we're going to be joined by uh, Willem Davis. So I'm very excited. He just reached out to me. He was just running a little bit late and we're going to bring him on real soon. Uh, before we get started, big shout out to this man here, Captain Kirk, Captain Kirk, Captain Kirk from Sub-Zero Coffee. He just started uh, his coffee shop with Todd. Uh, guys, check him out if you, yeah, if you want to check out something very, very different. I love what you're doing, Kirk. Hope everything went well with the opening. And I'm going to send the invite to Gwilym right away so that he can tune in. And uh, we got a set of questions as usual. So feel free to ask yours. And as we go through them, we'll just uh, ask him, ask the man himself. And um, I'm very excited to have him on. And he should be joining us. Here it is, uh, the man himself. And uh, very excited. So here we go. Whilst we're waiting for the connection, answer a quick question. I saw. Well, I'll leave you now. Hey, uh, good morning. Get organized. Oh, perfect! Yay! Done. I think I think the I'm phone the is. Here we go. I got you. <laughs> my my usual setup. There's a little uh, sausage dog sat there, and she refuses oh. to move. And, well, uh, it makes sense. It makes sense. The sausage dog. <laughs> and i i don't want to I don't want to move her until until ten o'clock. She's she's Miss Grumpy. So, uh, <laughs> um, leaving her alone. Fair enough. Uh, well, um, uh, first of all, good morning, and it's so nice to have you here and to meet you in person. I uh, really appreciate you giving yes. us an hour of your precious time. So it's so good to have you here, brother. Uh, my that's Here we better. go. I've just come off uh, Wi-Fi. I'm on 3G, so for some reason it works better for me. That's fine. So yeah, thank you again. It's it's so nice to have you here, brother. It's just uh, <laughs> really appreciate it. I'm sorry. Um, no, nah, don't be. I had a good chance to chat with the. Uh, with some people that tune in and uh, Instagram is always odd. There were like 15 plus people. Now it's eight. Uh, it's just a effed up platform, but eventually I'll find a better platform. We're going to go live everywhere else. Oh. Um, Gwilym, you got to forgive me. How do I perfectly pronounce your name? I have no idea. All my family are Welsh and they, they, they are very proud to be Welsh. So, when they moved to England for work, uh, and they had me, they gave me a very Welsh name to sort of remind me where I was never from. And uh, I have no idea. Um, I accept all interpretations, 
But when I do go back home to, to Wales, um, they sing my name. The way they say it, it's not awkward. It's like really, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Which is? I can't do it. <laughs> okay, that's great. I wanted to hear it. That's why. No, I can't. Um, all right, all right. No, no, that's cool. That's cool. And um, look, just to get things started as usual for, for this format, could you kindly tell us more about how you started your coffee journey? Okay. Um, back when the third wave was starting, um, a lot of people were getting into coffee and they found themselves there. They were doing other things and they were maybe a little bit lost, maybe a bit weird and not accepted in other industries. And they kind of all found themselves landing in coffee and for some reason, uh, really, really enjoying it and finding a connection there. So um, I was one of those people. I had a job that my mother liked and I traveled to New Zealand for a little break from work and ended up working in a, in a cafe. And when I returned back home, because my job was left open, very kind of them, I couldn't settle. Uh, coffee had bit me. So I moved to London expecting there to be a great coffee scene, but there was nothing. The second wave was just starting and it was a disaster. But uh, after managing some second wave coffee shops, I managed to find a couple of other people and eventually things started to, to grow. So I was, I was lucky enough to see coffee in London from nothing, almost nothing, um, grow into basically it's a every cafe is modern specialty style these days which is quite it's just quite interesting i think that it's often the case that coffee finds us rather than the way around it um and i can i can relate to that because when i first came down here in melbourne and you know melbourne uh how crazy it is um like back in 2011 Yep. Yeah, it was, there was something, there was something started moving, but nothing like what happened in the past three to five years, especially the past 18 to 24 months. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just gone bonkers for it. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, back in 2010, I, I kind of, 11, I knew basically everyone in Melbourne that I wanted <laughs> to know in coffee, and now I just... So many people doing interesting things and good things. Yeah. 100%. And, and, and to give context to the audience, some people are going to rewatch and re-listen to this. Um, what are you currently doing? So we'll give some okay. context. So um, I was in London. I was part of uh, Proofrock Cafe. Um, but I traveled a lot for work um, because I was doing little bits of consulting and training around. And uh, I landed in Prague. And uh, I just, I just stayed. I actually had to ring up uh, Jeremy at Proofrock, the, one of the other owners and go, he's now in Melbourne, uh, and go, Jeremy, I'm not coming home. I'm, I'm gonna stay here. And uh, he went, that's okay. And uh, he got a manager and everything was good. 
But yeah, I, I like Central Europe. I mean, it was literally love at first sight from understanding. Yeah, it, um, it was like London at the beginning. So it was like going back to a coffee scene that was just starting again. And uh, I, I enjoyed that, that energy and felt I could contribute more. And the, the, and the, whole, the whole place is just beautiful. Yes, and uh, I, yeah, it's still, still on my back and list, but we'll, we'll get there. It's not far from my hometown. I'm from the northern part of Italy, so it's really yeah. throw a stone at it. Um, yeah, the and old, the old Habsburg Empire. <laughs> yes, correct. I, yeah, my great grandfather fought for those guys. And uh, Veg pointed out quite well that you left your coffee footstep all over in London. Thank you, Willem. That's very kind of That's very kind of him. So, yeah, and, uh, and I think it's impressive how, you know, how someone can leave such an important mark uh, across many levels and many elements and can touch so many people when what we're doing is, uh, quote-unquote, just making a cup of coffee. I know it's more than that, but, but it's so beautiful. And I think we forget that even in... Go on. Yeah, we shouldn't complicate it. We are just making a cup of coffee, but it's the, it's the people that make the whole thing fun. It's, gosh. Once in London, uh, there was a big um, event, and I don't know how many Mazzoccos were there, but there were the most amazing baristas. There was 15-plus Mazzoccos, everyone behind and it was the worst experience of my life because there was no customers. In would come the bicycles with trailers on the back. We would load up the trailers, then they would leave. And it was horrible, horrible. Um, that connection with the customer is, is incredible, both for, uh, it feeds us and definitely makes their days. And I don't want to, be bad to the people of London but at the time a big percentage of our customers had really shitty lives they lived with people they didn't like they had a horrible commute they went to a work that they didn't really enjoy that much it was not what they set off to do but you get on this wheel and we were giving them like this five minute view into a different way of life and a little bit of humanity somehow and uh, so, it, yeah it just it's, a little touching of worlds and uh, they were happy for the rest of the day correct it's so amazing and you actually touched base on two questions that I already um, and we touch on them later but it's like literally we've forgotten that just by saying hey John how was the birthday party with the kids on Saturday? And are you still getting your Americano, whatever he orders? His day is done. That simple. Like, like you, we can make people's day within minutes, and it's fantastic. And we'll build communication we connections. Yeah, or we can ruin it, yes. They're really, really bad. They've had a bad morning. They're, they're really lonely and down. And then they walk into a cafe and they had a re somebody's horrible to them. And then it's like, oh, downward spiral. Downward spiral, 100%. 100%. And uh, 
going back on your career, you know, seemed like the guy that wants to probably talk too much about it, but for context, obviously, you managed to, despite become the shortest ever competitor, and not short as it's not been time way, uh, you actually managed to win the Werribarista Championship in 2009. Uh, how defining was that for you, and what went you know beyond behind the decision to start and stop competing? Um, I started competing. Uh, I used to laugh at the competitors because back then it was just marketing people, and no baristas were really competing. And I used to laugh at them. And then I met Stephen Morrissey, who was the champion in two thousand and eight. And he hadn't okay. been the champion there. He was just living in uh, uh, London. And he explained to me that I meet people from all over the world and uh, that have the same interests as me. Um, I can test myself uh, against other people just to see how good I am. Because when you're making coffee, your customers love you and you're the best. Really? Are you? How good are you? So just to see. And also, it's a way of getting better. Just competing and standing in front of people will, will make you better, whether it's uh, public speaking or making coffee or that, just the whole experience. So I competed. Uh, but but it was, I hated it. It was too scary. I, I, too nervous, too scary. But um, the problem is I had um, a young James Hoffman uh, training <laughs> me and uh, his business partner, um, Annette, who was roasting. And so I knew how to make coffee. Annette knew how to roast coffee and James knew how to win competitions. So it, it was kind of this. And then there was Stephen Morrissey in the background. Just but you had an a, a team. 18 yeah, behind you. It just came to place. But I, I, I really, it's given me lots of opportunity. But to be honest, I, I really hated it. I, I know I, um, it gave me opportunity to learn and travel. But there were many opportunities I just didn't take because it's not why I got into coffee. It's not my strength. And, and then correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, from what I gather, I mean, you you know you love the thing that you love the most is people. Therefore, training uh, comes down as potentially what you what's your passion? Is that your passion? Yeah, training is um, training is difficult. I've done it for a long time now, ten years, regular training, and uh, I. I find it sucks my emotional energy more than customers would in a different way uh, because you're with the same people for eight hours and it kind of sucks. Uh, so I, I try not to have too many trainings. I, I try not to have more than three a week. Um, and the rest of the time I now, uh, I've got a little roastery. So uh, I do that. So I can spend a day or two just focusing on looking at a roaster and packing bags of it and putting stickers on bags. And yeah. so uh, nobody just just like don't have to talk to anybody. 
And then, well, then what? What would you say is your is your biggest passion across the across the board? Then, as far as the coffee gig goes, coffee is really wide. It's difficult, isn't it? Um, mostly, Super wide. Yeah. Mostly the people in coffee. There was a time when you had the old uh, school third wavers. They were getting starting businesses, and they were still influencing. But there was nobody else coming up. And that was a really boring, horrible time. And now, over the past three years, there's been a lot of new people coming through and um, adding to the scene. And that's been inspirational. Watching yes. them and listening to them, learning from them, really. Yeah. And I think also we're living in, a, in such a time where that knowledge is so much more shareable and much more accessible due to technology as well and i think a lot of people are making careers out of coffee thanks to also the times we're living i mean despite the virus <laughs> um and then something that you touched base on before and i really want to drill on to it because it's one of my favorite topics coffee is delicious yet it wouldn't be possible without people from origin to roasters yeah from baristas to consumers how important is not to forget these elements and actually almost like take 10 steps back from the competition, the latte art, the, the uh, I, I drink better coffee than you do and having the eyes in the cup rather than, hey, hang on a minute, what's his name? What coffee does he drink? Can I connect as a human? Especially now that we're slowly coming out of pandemic, certain countries where they've been away from people away from those human connections. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's always good when people become uh, focused. I wouldn't say extreme. When some people focus on certain things, that's brilliant. But yes, they need to take a step back sometimes and come out and realize that it's all the people together that make it better. And um, one of the... it's. Learning as a barista and passing on those skills to the customer, but not through talking, through uh, an experience. So the whole experience, the coffee, the way you behave, the, the confidence you have because you know you've just made such a damn beautiful coffee. And, uh, and it just lights up their eyes. When they go away and then they come back and go, that, that's amazing. Beautiful, and uh, that's lovely. But that, ultimately, it's I, I go to cafes for the experience, not necessarily an amazing coffee, but the whole, yeah, the whole experience. I'm I'm pretty much the same. That's and why we locked down. Yeah. A world where there's a lot of there's one there's one yes of cheek one uh, sausage dog waking up Maya. In a world where in, there's a lot of hatred and uh, moaning and, and it's a really nice, uh, where people are putting up barriers and borders and barricades. A cafe is a place where people can come, can feel safe if you're not feeling uh, accepted at home or in society. A cafe can be depending on the baristas, 
a place where anyone is felt welcome and there's this place in the world where hopefully we can kind of get on together. Yeah, I love it. That's beautiful. And, and I, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's super neutral because in a cafe, if you're introverted and you don't want to talk to anybody, you grab your paper and you yeah. grab your coffee and you put your headset on. If you want to find inspiration because you're a designer and you draw or you write or you sing or whatever, you can do it at a cafe and pull out your laptop. Or if you talk, baristas are the new bartenders in the movies that we grew up with, right? Right? You had a problem, you talk to the bartender in Manhattan bars and in the movies where now the barista has become the figure. So you're absolutely right. And, and I love that process too. That's why... I started only brewing at home only a few months ago, more and more, because I was forced to with the quarantine. For yeah. me, I get much more pleasure to go out there, uh, order, talk to the owner, yeah. learn more, see new spaces, how they do it. Always I'm supporting them more directly. I'm still supporting by buying coffee beans, but it's like a different supporting your locals. But yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, going back on something that you briefly touched base and my inspired few here you had a good job that your mom liked tech yeah. then you went 360 and said eh, New Zealand and then coffee came and then you said eh, I'll stick with it and then you said Prague in your words what would you say to the people who want to chase their let's call it the coffee dream or their passion even if it's not coffee but they're stuck into a good job or stopped by family or pressure or society or fear of judgment? Um, sometimes it's good to be stuck in your, in your small town uh, with your secure, nice job. It's lovely. I made so many mistakes by going to London, like one or two years of really struggling hard uh, in a big, horrible, dirty city. But um, it, it depends. There's no, there's no glory from stepping out of that little village and the secure life. Um, but I was too restless and I had too much energy. And yeah, I kept stepping forwards. And I think a lot of the original third waivers have like... Uh, a desire to move forwards constantly and that kind of doesn't leave. I spend most of my time repressing, like trying to stop myself from going forwards and actually maintaining what I have um, these days. I mean, maintaining relationships with friends and family and lovers is, is really, really important and something I probably ignored. Uh, as well as maintaining um, cafes and all the projects you've done. Like we had uh, wonderful coffee carts in London and basically just left them. It's like built something, created something and then just, just left. Uh, instead mm -hmm. of keeping it going. So now I'm a lot more aware. I need to maintain things that I've done. Which, which I find more boring and difficult uh, <laughs> to do. But uh, it, definitely, it definitely makes me a more balanced person. I, I suppose 
would you go back though to that job that your mom liked in the sense of um, you can be stuck in a, in a, you know uh, you know doing what you love in a small village absolutely you know there's nothing wrong with that that doesn't mean you got to I don't know take some complicated roads but sometimes i i think people are so unhappy they are so uh, dissatisfied and they don't have the drive and purpose but it has nothing to do with money it's because they love baking they work monday to friday in the finance world these streets uh, cbd or some big town they go back home looking forward to bake more muffins and yeah. Sorry. It's it's nothing to do with money. If you want to go and do something, you can yeah, you can do it. It's nothing to do with money. My when you said coffee career, I, it makes me laugh because it's not been a career because especially back then there was not the same opportunities to be a green buyer or or manage a cafe because there weren't any. So we had to create an industry first before we were able to actually work in it. Um my career wasn't really a career it was more like um a journey survival. <laughs> like how to survive doing something that you really really enjoy doing. And obviously it's not the same uh it it it's not 100% fun and happy all the time it but those it, you still have to you know do all the horrible things too 100% and Campbell Click said I loved working the coffee cart with you at the borough market so there you that go was, that was an incredible place incredible back in the early days of borough market um, I I kind of uh, yeah I I wish I was there but unfortunately <laughs> yeah I saw pictures um but um you still left a mark, obviously, and Bag asked a question earlier, uh, which I pinned here just because I was a forget. Um, just briefly, how were the competition, uh, the coffee competition, no, the competition coffees back then? Um, they were shorter and sharper. But, <laughs> and like, ooh. Um, <laughs> And most of it, it was a time when the baristas didn't really like espresso. We were absolutely sure that espresso machines were fundamentally flawed. The whole brewing system was wrong. Espresso tastes terrible. Um, filter and cupping is, is tasting the worst. Yeah. Then we started putting an extra three, four, five grams of water through our coffee. And suddenly <laughs> espresso started to... Tastes a lot nicer. Yeah. So, um, in, and in good old mate Rubens Gardelli words, acidity is not a crime. So I'm sure it was sharp. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was not a balanced acidity. <laughs> but it was very exciting, though, to taste the coffees because there were no other events, really. And there was not that many cafes. So the only way you got to taste these different coffees were at the competitions at the expos yeah yeah, yeah so makes it was sense really exciting to see what people were doing uh, because there was no access to these coffees in the past everything was a lot more exciting that's yeah and it's incredible because i've my first ever 
mice was in 2013. Yeah. And even since then, there's so much, you know, even that was already, you know, four years later, it was still a lot going on there. That's when probably started really with the WBC in town as well. Yeah. Um, and thanks for the, thanks for that answer. Um, we got the out of the box question when we reached the halfway mark through the, the, the stream. Um, if you could, who would you like to have dinner with? And it doesn't have to be coffee, anyone. Um, oh dear. <laughs> um, okay, this is, this is mildly sad, but I would like to have dinner with my wife because... That's cool. <laughs> because it's like you're so busy every day and you're working and then just to go into Prague and sit down and just not talk coffee because she's involved in coffee and just sit down and have a dinner would be wonderful. I love it. I, I love it. It's just, uh, I just love asking these questions because you open up a lot of other questions and there's so many different answers and there's no right or wrong. And I think it's so true. We get caught up in the everyday life. And like you said, we forget sometimes there's cultivating the even simple friendships yeah. and, uh, and of course, dinner with, with your wife uh, would be lovely for you to be able to step out of the zone of the game for that hour and, yeah, indulge, yeah. I love it. That sounds amazing. Life, um, yeah. go life, can, life goes like this, and it's, it's hard to turn off the brain sometimes. Oh, yeah. Especially if your brain is like yours and, like you described it, as restless <laughs> just earlier you're on. you're in a restaurant or a cafe, and you're trying to relax and you're going, hmm, that waiter would be a lot more efficient if they were <laughs> doing this. And Ooh, look how they're touching the glass. And what about, and, and so your mind is, is going on, on like how to improve the service or something. You can't, you can't take that out of you though. It's, 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 it's in it. And, uh, and, and it's okay as well. When you, you know, awareness and accepting it, I think it, once you accept it and you're like, yeah, I've noticed that, but let's get back to my meal. Uh, that's probably the key, I suppose. And I think it's very good that I live in the Czech Republic because um, uh, I won't go into it, but I haven't learned the language properly yet. It's, it's probably an arrogant English thing, but um, I'd like to, yeah, or maybe just I'm not that clever and it's a very difficult language. But... Um, it stops me from communicating in uh, service situations. So I have to keep my mouth shut sometimes because I, I cannot actually communicate, which I think is a good thing because <laughs> some things go on in your brain and it just comes out. And so I think people are n think I am nicer than I am in Prague. <laughs> and it's just simply because I cannot tell them what I really <laughs> I think yeah that that well the side effect of that is that you bottle up so eventually all those things need to come out but that's just part of nature yeah. um yeah no I get you um and I think that different culture would receive feedback in a different way so yeah yeah Which who is knows really perhaps to remember yeah 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 um Going back on the, the questions, there are two big differences 
well, there's more, but there's two big differences that jump at me when we compare uh, coffee to wine. One is price, uh, where coffee is safe to say it's underpriced. And the other one is that uh, we don't see too many roasters selling their coffee roasted overseas, like wine. Um, how c could we bridge these gaps? You know, what I see is that for the second point, what I just a clarification, I see a lot of local roasters and coffee just kind of remain local, which is kind of, which is cool. But there's very little overseas. There is, it's picking up, but not, not as much as wine, I suppose. Yeah. I, I think this is cultural again, because uh, in Australia, maybe in Europe, it's, we have many little countries all connected uh, with no borders. So within Europe, there's a lot of movement of coffee. Um, there has been a lot of the British coffee over here as well, which has helped, um, it's helped the local roasters as well, because um, the more experienced specialty scene and, and roasters and the local roasters can see how they're doing. I think it's helped them a lot. Uh, then with the Brexit, that may stop. Uh, so that may stop, but mostly within Europe. Yeah, we, we've had a lot of mixing within the countries. And, and well, whilst we're here, uh, can you tell, tell us more? It's more of my curiosity about uh, the Prague scene as far as coffee goes. I'm very intrigued. Um, I'm biased, but it's ridiculously good. Um, like ridiculously good. There were some main people 10 years ago. Uh, they're still there and they've grown well uh, as the scene's grown. In London, the, some of the people who were at the beginning couldn't grow because people came in with money um, and just squashed them flat. And they never really had the opportunities with such high rents. But within... Prague uh, or the Czech Republic, some of the people from the beginning, they've also kept going and growing, which is nice to see. Um, there are at least 50 specialty coffee places in Prague that I could send you to and feel comfortable with that you would have the experience. And Please. virtually all independents uh, run by 90% young people um, but it's not been just one of the big things about I've been trying to understand the Prague coffee scene. One of the big things that helped was it's such a small uh, market for machine manufacturers. We didn't have any of their marketing nonsense coming in and uh, dominating and di trying to direct. <laughs> basically just left to home users who were desperate for cafes to open. Uh, and for young baristas who had a passion and desire to open up some cafe uh, that, that started. And then, of course, the direction from the early few um, who, who kind of directed it well in a very nice way. With, yeah, traceability is really important, uh, knowing where the coffee comes from. And That's then, impressive. Yeah. 50 shops is, is a lot. Where, I mean, someone like you as well, 
would 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 vouch for it. So that, that that's impressive. I'm actually yeah, incredible. even more it's, intrigued. It's mildly uh, mind blowing. I have no idea. I've been trying to put my head around how it happened, and it it's it's just no no idea. And and and, and just a follow up question on that. Um, do you? Do many uh, people from the Czech Republic, I suppose, when they're young, maybe, uh, you know, the lucky ones get to travel to different areas and maybe work in London for a year or work in That's somewhere? Ten years ago, no. Um, yet some have been, uh, there's the guys from Double Shot were in Vancouver and Panama and uh, before setting up Double Shot in Prague. But uh, generally in the past, no. But in the last three to five years, there's been a lot of movement uh, out of baristas. That's interesting. That's very interesting. And, and lastly, on Prague, what do you love the most about the city? I love, well, I love that there's no tourists there at the moment, but that's... That's, <laughs> that's, that's not for long, much later. English the beer drinking animals <laughs> just ridiculous um but um i love that of course it's old but it's not just one type of architecture you have the old habsburg empire stuff and castles and beautiful beautiful buildings and then you get the communist era where everything is brutalist and uh, everything gets blamed on the communists. And it's probably true, but there's a lot of similar architecture in the UK uh, from the 60s. So it's kind of a, I think it's a time specific thing too. And then there was this strange period between after communism, between now where the architecture seemed to go crazy and really weird. And now it's, uh, it's settling down and there's some new interesting buildings but also the general quality of food is really good, especially the meat. And the nature is really close, like really close to the center. I'm 40 minutes away from the center, which is, I used to commute longer in London. And this wild boar, like wandering around the forests. So I have to play a podcast really loud while I'm walking through the forest because of the wild boar. Well, well, I think it's beautiful. And uh, I miss that of Europe. I'm biased towards Europe. Uh, and I hope don't get much hate from the Aussie. But that's when you started talking about history, it's something so important in Europe, as well as in other areas. With, you know, coffee is important too, the history of coffee, for sure. And going back on the obsession of looking at restaurants, movements, and waiters, and hands handling glasses. Hospitality is far from perfect. If you could change one thing, what would that be? Um, the way people handle glasses and cups can, can make that. I love it. And if I want that, and I... I want somebody to realize that I go, I go to cafes because I want somebody to be nice to me. That's why I go to cafes. Sometimes I don't want them to talk to me because 
So they need to recognize that, that I'm a bit tired. And I, I've been talking to lots of people maybe, or training, and I just want to sit quietly. But you can still be nice to somebody who doesn't, and not talk to them. And just for clarification, what you mean is handling glass and cups, you mean not doing something like this? Yeah, just, I mean, the, the whole COVID thing has hopefully grown awareness, but the, yeah, just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get you. And 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 it's glasses from not just the cup, even for your soft drinks and all of it. Uh, just briefly, um, well, this time I'm unprepared because I didn't put on my timer because usually it starts at five and finishes six for me. So I'm not sure where we are at in the 60 minutes. And Instagram is, is quite a cutthroat platform and it would just chop and then give us 30 seconds. Um, okay. Uh, warning so before that happens i want to tell you first of all thank you for just hopping on uh having a chat with us and me and the people who will listen to this again i really appreciate it uh there were amazing answers that i haven't heard in 54 episodes and i really appreciate you mate so thank you for what you're doing for a for the coffee community and b for being here um so in terms of the last question to leave you with What's your coffee mission and what's next on your planet? Um, I would like to roast cocoa, cow, cow, cocoa, chocolate. That's, that's my dream. I would love to do uh, because mm -hmm. I taste chocolate. I taste good chocolate and I can actually taste some roasting defects in the, uh, in the beans. Uh, or what I feel as defects. In, in the in the roasting of the beans, and I would love to play, but um, my my own personal mission is to. Oh, can I be quite open? I would love to move. I, I do a lot of SCA courses. Mm -hmm. I like doing that. People like me doing the SCA courses. I like teaching them, but they're too expensive. I pay too much. Uh, I have to pay to the SCA. So my cost of the classes is high. I also have to do a certain amount of one-to-one -one teaching, which makes the cost of the classes high. I need an alternative that is certif seen certified around the world. So Czech Bariskas can travel and feel confident that somebody in Australia will, uh, or Vancouver will, uh, understand what they can do but I, I need it to be much cheaper so i need a lot of it to be online uh that can be done first and then people turn up and they do a little test and they ask questions uh, and then it's all done and something that doesn't charge me a lot of money to actually give the certifications so a kind of a mission in my head would be to um push forward other certifications that I can I can make much cheaper I love yeah, it I can still afford to live by um, teaching yeah I, I love it I think I think access is something that we're gonna hear more and more in the next few years in amongst many industries I think that COVID has also highlighted uh, the the urge of access for many years chefs were hiding their menus and uh, or they were extremely expensive cooking classes, master classes. Um, and I think 
to get more out of the industry as well and to get more love and passion out there, accessibility becomes awareness and awareness becomes necessary to just, yeah, just keep moving forward. So yeah, I love what you, what you did. And, and with Coco, uh, if you allow me for a minute, I don't know the science, but I once heard from this guy who deals with chocolate that an obscene amount of flavors that would never taste out of cocoa. Like cocoa is so un unexplored. Yeah. It's, it's it, same, I mean, coffee too, but cocoa is way more unexplored than coffee and there is so many. And there's a place here in Melbourne that do filter uh, cocoa. They, they, they brew cocoa. So they started. So I think, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to actually get some uh, William Burstead cocoa. I see the potential of it and that it's, uh, it hasn't reached its potential. So I, I would like to explore. But I, this is one of the things where I cannot move forwards because I know I have to make. I got you again. Here we go. Yeah, I'm moving near the window. Maybe it works. That's cool. Um, yeah, sorry, you were saying basically that it's one of those things that you can't really do at the moment. Yeah, because I, I need to maintain what I already have. And uh, I cannot just drop uh, a little roasting project that I've spent two years building to go and change and uh, do, do cocoa instead. Because um, You can't, yeah, I get I've you. I've learned this from life. And I appreciate because I think that people will find value in this lesson. Uh, Gwilym, last question is from Bag. Um, we'll try yeah. to squeeze it in. Um, uh, uh, would you ever consider of competing again in the future? I think I know the answer. I would love to. Um, uh, I simply because I've been a judge and I've been a competitor and I see that many um, baristas are spending too much money when they are competing and they are focusing on things that really are not on the score sheet. So I would like to do it and have fun doing it without spending uh, much money. Um, but, uh, but I can't because as soon as I think about competing, I go into this dark tunnel and um, I cannot do anything else. I just focus on it. And I know I will just, I will put so much pressure on uh, relationships that no, I, I just, and I'm not going to do that, can't. Makes sense, and it ties it up uh, with what Again, you started. Again, I would like to, but lessons learned from uh, life is that, yeah, you can step forwards and do things, but sometimes it's time just to not. Step out. Um, Gwilym, I think it's a great way. Sorry, go on. Yeah, no, I better go as well because my dogs have gone for a walk and uh, um, I, this is I, it. I, I it's the cutting time so anyway. <laughs> Man, thank you very much for, 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 for the chance to meet you. I'll shoot yeah, you through a DM you later and uh, I'll love to have you all maybe in a couple of months and see where you're at. And uh, yes, yeah. yeah, stay safe out there and take care. Thank you again for yeah, popping by, man. Thank you. Bye bye. Thanks, buddy. Ciao. 
Uh, there you have it, guys. I'm very happy to have had the chance to uh, talk with Gwelem as usual. I just uh, want to thank uh, each and one of you. It's a shame that uh, Instagram was a little bit cooked up today, but that's fine. I really appreciate you guys, NF, Josh, Vag, uh, Kalula, and everyone who's still here, people who are still listening to the podcast today as uh, they re-listen to the episode. If you manage to get to the end, um, I appreciate you. And um, if you want to share the love and take a screenshot and share these conversations, or if you want to catch up on our old episodes, just check out our podcast. As a, I think there's a story before the live stream where I left the link for the podcast. If not, it's on YouTube. But we love it. Thank you for being here. Uh, sending you love. Please stay safe and uh, keep drinking coffee, keep loving coffee, and we're just building our community, coffee community. There's a project that I've been working on and uh, can't wait to share with all of you, but Wednesday we got big, another big, big person, uh, Dale Harris, so very exciting. I'll leave a story later, and uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Take it easy, guys. See you in the next episode.